1: On episode 68 of The Rebel Health Coach, I have the honor of interviewing Erin Wathin She is a holistic health coach, food abuse counselor, and inspiring author of Why I Can't Stick to My Diet, How to End the Food Drama. Her philosophy, simply put, is health isn't a number on the scale or how often we exercise, but our lives as a whole. Several years ago, Erin was not at peace with her body. Despite her wealth and knowledge of diet and exercise, she was always on a diet, yet never reached her goal weight. As a graduate of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and a food addiction counselor, Erin was well-versed in the science behind health. As a certified spinning instructor, a yoga instructor, classic Pilates instructor, she understood the mechanics of health And fitness as well. Through a lot of trial and error, Erin found true nutrition to be the missing piece of the puzzle. It was then that Erin started her last diet, which ultimately became her food plan and the basis of her health coaching program, as well as her book, Why I Can't Stick to My Diet. The book is currently available online at Amazon and bookstores everywhere. I hope you enjoy this episode. Today's guest on the Rebel Health Coach podcast, I have Erin Watson. She is a food addiction counselor and the author of Why Can't I Stick to My Diet? How to End the Food Drama. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach podcast.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: I'm glad you're here today. And this is an interesting subject because as we go into summer, there's a lot of sugary foods available to us. and a lot of sugary drinks. The summer boat drives and the and sweet tea down here in the south goes gets abundantly used or overused. So before we get going though, I know that most of us in this health coaching realm have a story that got us to where we are today to help other people reverse their problems. What is your story, Aaron?
2: Well, my story is I was one of these women who was always on the diet. I mean, I wasn't quote unquote fat, but I was constantly at war with my body. It was like a white noise machine, as I call it, where I was thinking of how many calories I ate, how much I burned at the gym that morning. Can I be skinny by Friday? It's just, I was always thinking about it from time I was about 14 on. And it wasn't until I got very serious about nutrition because it was always diet and exercise when I was growing up, you know, calories in, calories out. Well, my calories in were nothing but sugar and artificial sweetener. (laughs) Turns out that is not good. Who knew? So once I became more focused on what I was consuming versus what I was doing at the exercise portion of it all, that's when I was finally able to find first of all, the peace of mind. And second of all, the body that I wanted to weigh without being a stress case about it, because I have, I've weighed, you know, what I thought my dream number was before, but it was all consuming. I was scared to go out, out of the house. Cause what if somebody offered me something to eat now? I just don't worry about it. It's it's very different when you can finally be at peace with your body and your surroundings, because that is often not the case. I wanted to help other people, that's why I ended up writing a book, because I felt like it's sort of like one of these problems so many women have, and I know men as well, but we don't really know where to go or who to talk about it with. And if you you just go on a diet, right, you just go on the diet, and you don't deal with why you gain the weight, because it's really easy, you know, for instance, like it's bathing suit season, Why do we need to lose 10 pounds? Why do we always need to lose 10 pounds? Well, it's not just because it's June. (laughs) June doesn't make us need to lose 10 pounds. It's because of the choices we make leading up to June that slowly over time add to extra calories. Well, why are we eating extra calories? Well, are we looking for comfort in the wrong areas? Is it because we really need to change our job? It could be a lot of things but it's so much easier just to go on a diet and to actually look at our lives and to clean up the food because I had been drinking diet Coke for decades. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I still kind of have this little alarm in my body around four o'clock. that says it's time for a diet Coke. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Because that's what I, that's what I used to have. Like my kids are crying. It's time to drive them around. One, that was the last one I had. The last one I gave up because I always have clients Don't do this because it's worked for me is I el- eliminate the ones I care about the least. And the last one to go was at 4 p.m. One because it kind of got me through the rough part of my day. And, you know, so I'll be doing something now and my head will hurt and I'll look up and it's like 404. I'm like, of course. <laughs> so that's what got me into health coaching was
1: you know, just a lifetime of dieting. Okay. And I like to say that diet's a four-letter word because I, I don't think the diet, I mean, we could diet all our lives. So, to your point, we go up and down, we've got a roller coaster, and I've done the same thing. I mean, I, it's not till we make it a part of our life that it works.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, I used to just roll my eyes and people would tell me, once I stopped dieting, it all got better. And I'm like, what the heck are they talking about? That sounds bizarre. Like, no, really what's a secret? Like, who do I have to pay? I mean, what are you really doing? Like cut the crap. Like what's the secret? Right. You tell me, I mean, I can be trusted. And people would tell me like, I just, I just don't worry about it anymore. And I exercise, you know, a couple times a week if I have time. So I was like, cut, cut it out. Like, tell me the truth. And it's actually what, the secret is, the secret is to stop trying to find the workaround and to eat when you're hungry, stop crossing emotions with food and to just cut out the chemical reactions that food can give you. So for instance, like high fructose corn syrup, it causes a lot of crazy things in our bodies. There's no getting around it. And much like when you go to Vegas, you can't beat the house. There's no way to get around the chemical reaction certain foods have. So if you're pouring a bunch of simple syrup in your tea, your body's going to think this is a really great idea. You should keep doing this. <laughs> but once you start, it's very hard to stop. And there's a, a very simple thing I say to people is the more sugar we consume, the more sugar we want. So if you think you can have a little bit of sweet tea on Monday, it's going to be a lot harder to have less sweet tea on Wednesday. Because our bodies like that was fabulous. We like that. Right. Your receptors are firing. Psychologically you're like, "Oh, sweet tea's an option again. We thought you were crazy when you gave it up last year. Thank God you wised up." But if we just can stay away from it because we let our actual thinking part of our brain know that like it's a really bad idea, you know, it just you know, for all the logical reasons. But there's that primal part of us that wants what we want like the toddler.
1: Exactly. I mean, I be honest with you when I was preparing for this last night, I actually was going through everything and putting it all together. I have this habit or it's a, it's like a reward type system for me. Like once a month I go allow once one Sunday a month I allow myself a pint of chunky monkey.
2: And yesterday was the last Sunday of the month.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So I went and got my pint of chunky monkey as I was reading your book on the patio. I'm like, wait a minute, this is because <laughs> not, that's nothing but a sugar filled monstrosity of garbage, you know?
2: Yeah, it's interesting that my book made you want to go eat sugar.
1: Yeah. So let I mean, one part in chapter two, I really like the analogy of that old commercial that was I don't know I don't even know how old it was, but the brain the brain on drugs. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs with the egg breaking in the-
2: yeah, the egg, yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's, uh, I mean, the grocery store is 95%, I'd have to say, of sugar-laden crap. And I'm pretty good at, now that I've been on this journey for so long, I know where the, to stay on the outside of the aisles because yeah. everything else is junk. So what is that sugar doing to us?
2: Well, first of all, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with the commercial, when when we were kids, there's was commercials come on at a frying pan. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. And they showed us an egg <laughs> frying. <laughs> so when you're a little kid, you're very scared of drugs. That's just it was propaganda. Right. So that's a very good analogy for when we're on a bunch of sugar. Because when... I used to drink a bunch of Diet Coke and just for those who don't understand that the problem with diet drinks is the reason it tastes sweet is because it confuses our brain enough to think it's sugar, but the brain gets angry because it doesn't actually get the sugar. So there's a lot of studies that people consume artificial sweetener end up consuming more sugar than those that actually just have an actual fully lighted Coke. So. When we consume a lot of sweeteners and sugars, all the other stuff, we have instant gratification. We have that instant buzz of, you know, the blood sugar goes up, the dopamine receptors, pleasure sensors. A lot of good, you know, warm and fuzzy things happen instantly, hence instant gratification. The problem is it goes away just as instantly. So if you've ever seen kids like the day after Halloween, they're awful like The Walking Dead, right? So when we're constantly trying to feed that beast, trying to keep the sugar up, especially a lot of people addicted to soda, do not even know they're addicted to soda. They just happen to have one all day. They don't even know it's a problem. We can't think right and we're prone to depression. We gain weight. You know, fructose corn syrup was is, was designed in a lab to be as addictive as possible. So, you know, a bunch of people in lab coats sat around and manipulated it I'm um, you know, to, to make it so we want it as much as we can. It's as sweet as possible, ounce for ounce. It's super cheap and it impacts what we want as far as food wise. So the orange doesn't look as great as the orange soda <laughs> because the orange, the orange has fiber. You have to open it up. You have to peel it. The orange soda, you slam back, you instantly get that, that, that hit. And to a lot of kids, the marketing of the things in the middle is a lot cooler. Because you see the Pop-Tart ads and you see Tony the Tiger with the cereal or whatever. But for the most part, things in the middle of the grocery store are just processed crap. Right. It is. And something I learned, I think, when I was in my food addiction counseling is that Oreos were created to be as addictive and as edible as possible. Think an Oreo. The size, the texture, the fat, sugar ratio. I mean, it's smooth, it's crunchy enough. And that is all by design. So a lot of the food in those aisles is all by design. And... If we try to get away from those food to food, our body actually can process like actual blueberries or actual piece of meat, or if you can process, you know, dairy or not. Our body was set up to handle blueberries, not Oreos, and Oreos make us want to eat more Oreos.
1: Right, they do. I mean, it does. I mean, it's like Girl, girl Scout cookies when they come around oh, once goodness. a year. It is. <laughs> They're crazy. I mean, you could, I open a pack and I can, I take one. It's like the next thing I know, I'm halfway through the box. I don't even, I don't even buy them anymore. I buy them and send them to the soldiers.
2: Me too. Yeah. I mean, I used to, I used to have a babysitter who was like a, whatever, like the, the cheery scout or Daisy scout. I used to buy cases of thin Mints. keep them in my basement. Just, to, you know, I was being nice, right? Right. The lies we tell ourselves. So we had Thin Mints year-round in my house. My kids are like, remember the good old days when your mom used to eat sugar? And I mean, one sleeve was a serving. And I mean, and the way they package them is pretty much the same way. So why are 14 in one serve, in one sleeve? Because people eat them. <laughs> and Thin Mints are very comparable to an Oreo as far as like it's in your hand and you can just slap, slap it in your mouth. Back when they had trans fat, <laughs> even better. But a lot of these things are not by accident.
1: It's true. I mean, if you think about it, when you go to the center aisles, the foods with the most sugar are, are eye level. Mm-hmm. Like the they, on the bottom, like right. the, the
2: whole grains on the bottom. Yeah.
1: They do that for a reason.
2: And the end cap things have certain, I mean, it, there's a whole science to how the modern day grocery store is set up.
1: I was at one point in my path, I wanted to do a TV show, like on the Food Network, where how they do that, where they crash your house, you know, and then remodel your house on the home channel. I wanted yep. to do crash your cart in the grocery store and show them how to replace the shit they're buying with the good stuff.
2: Have you ever been any of a recline at the grocery store before? I, I really have, fascinating when they get embarrassed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's funny, because they'll look at, they'll like walk past you really fast with their cart. Hey, Tom, yeah, or, or
2: they see what's in your cart, right? And uh, that happened to me one time. But I was, uh, I was getting my kids Easter candy.
1: Oh shoot!
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my client was like, "Really?" I'm like, "I never said I make everyone else in my life." I mean, I don't have this around year round, but they were just like, like all like judgy and stuff. But, or if I run into people and they're drinking, they're like, this is, this isn't mine. I'm like, you're holding a martini. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, but I mean, just the most part, staying out of the middle of the grocery store is a really good practice to get into because all those little habits add up, Yep. you know, like planning your food ahead of time, not winging things, trying to eat whole foods. Like those sort of little things are what lifestyle changes are made of.
1: Let's talk about that a little bit while we're on lifestyle changes because, I mean, most people have asked the question, why can't I stick it to my diet? You know, and 9 I think it's 89% of people that start off the new year with a resolution of going on a diet, which by February, most of them have failed already.
2: Yeah, usually it's by February 8th. That's the official date. Because, Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Because they go on a diet in the first place because you go on a diet until you go off of it it's like a merry-go-round, right? Right. I'm only going to go on it until I lose 10 pounds. I'm going to go on it until the wedding, the reunion, to my pants fit, whatever. Instead of, I'm going to clean up my food and not be addicted to Pepsi, right? That's right. much more tangible and doable. And it's not something with an end date. So if you decided you were going to clean up your food, meaning you're not going to process stuff anymore. You're going to try and eat three meals a day. That sort of thing doesn't have an expiration date. So it's a lot different of a mindset than I'm just going to starve myself until this, you know, determined date because A lot of us diet as like a pastime almost. We're always dieting or eating. So we need to go on a diet or about to go on a diet or cheating on our diet. And it just becomes a way of life. And then we beat ourselves up because we're gaining weight or whatever it is. And we never really get to the real issue of why are we gaining weight in the first place? Right. I mean, you don't don't really gain 15 pounds during the holidays unless you are... Severely eating like a crazy person, odds are you gain 15 pounds over the year by a succession of small but bad choices over and over and over again. And those are usually because something in your life isn't working. But it's easier just to go on a diet in January than to address what isn't working because what isn't working could be a huge problem, such as you change jobs, for instance. That's
1: Make
2: that pain to change a job so instead let's just lose
1: weight I want to dive into some things that I think about when we go into sugars okay let's talk about hidden sugars because that's what a, a lot of things in life that we don't realize actually have sugar in them and there's actually loaded with sugar so what are some of the hidden sugars and where and and what are they well
2: first of all like you know, just to to talk about the grocery store, anything in the middle, odds are, has hidden sugar in it. You're not going to find a lot of hidden sugar in a steak. Right. (laughs) You know, you're just not. So the thing that I know a lot of people don't realize is, like, crackers, bread, oftentimes there's hidden sugar in juice. I've gone to to a convention once with a bunch of processed food, the big one, like big food. They they were talking about adding high fructose corn syrup to juice. Yeah, I mean, juice is sweet enough. They add sugar to juice. Right. Uh, you know, like I said, bread, um, crackers. A lot of other things like condiments are always a real easy one to sneak stuff in. Ketchup is notorious. Spaghetti sauce.
1: You Salad a- dressing.
2: Salad, I was going to say, women get a lot of sugar from salad dressings. And, you know, things like honey mustard are pretty obvious, but ketchup and mustard, you'd be surprised, especially like the the traditional ones that are in every supermarket and in every, you know, hot dog stand. That taste we've always gone for has a little bit of sugar in it because if you actually have, you know, organic, sugar free ketchup, it kind of tastes like tomato paste. <laughs> you will get used to it over time. You will not die from the lack of Heinz ketchup. I promise you. You might be mad at me. You might be irritated. You will live through it. <laughs> but all those added sugars create a need in your body for sugar. And over time, it just creates a bigger need and a bigger need because we get develop a threshold like any other drug. And what used to be enough... Isn't anymore, So now we need more sugar. So you might find that the, the mocha grande, now you need whatever the heck is the next level at Starbucks. I get confused with them. So over time, a lot of us find we're getting the bigger soda. And that's why you see kids getting the bigger soda. But as far as added sugars, the condiments are always a really easy one to find out. And also, I remember my grandmother, she's from the South. She used to add sugar to fruit salad. <laughs> And a breakfast cereal.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I was like, okay, this is fabulous. <laughs> 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 and that's how a lot of people were raised. Like, let's add sugar to right. everything. You know, and like, a sweet tea is notorious for it. But there's a lot of things in it. And, you know, being very aware of what you're consuming is, is such a mind-blowing thing to do. Like, if I ever have a client who's at a plateau i always have them only eat at home look at every single label and weigh and measure and their plateau goes away in a week because if you're weighing and measuring everything you're eating looking at every label it is really difficult to not be aware of what what's going in your body right it might be boring i'm not saying right but you know maybe you should find excitement in other areas of your life and food but if you're using you know Balsamic vinegar and oil for your salad dressing. There's no sugar there.
1: And one thing that comes to mind that people don't often think of is potato chips.
2: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Anything, anything processed, like sour cream and onion potato chips. Like anything. Like if you think of big food, like you know, PepsiCo or Lay, right. any of those big companies, they put in everything. And there's, I think there's last time I looked, there was like 75 different commercial names for sugar in labels because they're always like tweaking it a little bit to make it more effective. And also they know that some people are very aware of it. So they're always kind of keeping us guessing, but the more ingredients there are in something odds are there's sugar in it.
1: And another thing that came to my mind as you were talking is about juices, because I, I know some of the old school people like my uncle and they like, when we go to breakfast, they always have that glass of orange juice. And orange juice is loaded with sugar. Yeah. So you start off, your, you have a healthy breakfast, but then you add that orange juice to it, just throws the whole system off.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, orange juice is a really good example, that in smoothies, of things we think are really great ideas, but first thing in the morning, it will spike your blood sugar, and then it will crash. And there are and the odds are there isn't a lot of pulp in your uncle's right. juice so there isn't really anything to slow down the blood sugar consumption and even if your uncle had you know bacon and eggs or whatever that's still going to rise. his blood sugar will rise and it inevitably will fall and his head will start to hurt and I'll be faced with a decision of like, do I have more sugar? What do I do? Am I just a jerk? Like <laughs>
1: what, am, right.
2: what am I going to do about this? But I definitely stay away from all juices. Even right. smoothies from the, you know, the Jamba juices and the smoothie Kings, because they, they will spike your blood sugar. And yes, it's fruit, but we don't need eight servings of fruit at one time. Seven of which are from citrus and A lot of us grow up with this idea that fruit is just wonderful and we can eat it all day and it doesn't matter. Well, fruit is great if you know anything about which fruits we should be eating, how to eat fruit. And if you can eat it in the earlier part of your day, because at night it'll make you want to start snacking. So grapefruits, berries, that kind of thing in the morning... Make sure you eat it with protein and fat. But the orange thing orange juice and
1: yeah.
2: first thing has never been my scene.
1: And now for a little general housekeeping, if you are enjoying this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would go to whatever app you're listening to this on and rate review the show and share it with your friends. Thank you very much. Now, if you've been listening to my episodes for the last couple of years, you'll know that I key on gut health quite frequently in my episodes because honestly, gut health is king and pretty much all disease begins in the gut, as Hippocrates said back in 420 BC. So that's a reason I key on gut health quite frequently because if you're trying to do something simple is just lose weight, your gut health is key. So I have been developing a gut health cheat sheet over the last few months for you to download. And you can obtain this gut health cheat sheet by texting the word gut health, two words, gut health, to 773 Again, gut health to 773-770-4377. Thank you, and I hope you continue to enjoy this episode and make it a great day. Let's go into fruit for a minute because I personally learned early on that bananas have a lot of sugar. They do. I
2: mean you could caramelize a banana.
1: Yeah. And I, mean- I was on it when I was going through my diet phases and and I would do the pro. I would eat a whole banana or put a banana in a shake, and I was like, "How come I'm not losing weight?" And as soon as I removed that banana,
2: yeah. Boom. When we think about it, you, give bananas to babies and they like double in size for <laughs> like a year. I um, know bananas are. I mean, bananas, carrots, potatoes. You know, they're all sort of these. You know, vegetables and fruit that. If I see them on someone's food journal, I'm like, let's just lay off of these for a month, you know, and the weight right. loss, won't start again. Because some of us are very sensitive to sugar more than others. And I think those very like dense, carb-laden fruits and vegetables versus like a green vegetable versus a berry, which isn't as dense, you know, has a lot more water in it. Right. A doesn't have any water in it. Think of like watermelon, Right. It definitely can, wait, can stop your weight loss if you're very sensitive, like I know I am. Right. And some people get very mad at me when I, say, when I talk about bananas and carrots and potatoes, but, you know, and corn. Corn's another one. But, okay, get mad at me all you want.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll live. Now, I want to talk about moderation and cheat days because those get people in trouble. And I'm the one that does a cheat day, like I said earlier, a cheat Sunday. But I also do a cheat day during the, you know, like, usually it's a Friday night when I go out to dinner and I'll have something that I wouldn't normally eat. So, but those are triggers for a lot of people. Absolutely. And if if you do them on a Friday night and then you think, then you get up the next Saturday morning and I, I can have some more stuff today, actually. You know, I worked out five times this week Let's go make my cheat day Friday, Saturday, and then it ends up being Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then by Monday, you feel like crap. Yeah. And you go, oh, shoot, I got to get back on my diet today.
2: Yeah, and then so why don't we just do nothing but green juice to counteract the cheat weekend so then we're swinging the other direction. And then that's strain on your body. That's Mentally, that's not good either. Instead of let's find a way to eat that works and stick to it. But the whole cheat day phenomenon, and I remember hearing about it when back when I did CrossFit, you know, eight years right. ago. And I remember talking to one of the guys who was about paleo dude. Like, I mean, he probably, eat so on Like, and he was just saying it's, it's only for psychological reasons. I thought that was so interesting. And I think about that now when people say to me, like, well, what's your cheat day? I'm like, I just feel like I had enough junk food my whole life. I don't really. Need a day. Right. Like, I'll have a bite of my kid's birthday cake, that kind of thing. But I'll definitely be aware the next couple of days I'm going to be feeling off because of the sugar and the flour. And also because I have such strong wear patterns in my brain of like, sugar is a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Frosting was a really cool thing. We like it. Please go back to it. We don't like this new non-sugar regime you put us on because it's so easy to go back to those old habits. Even if you've been off of it for years, your body still is like that was a good idea. There's been studies of people who who were really like addicted to sugar. Ten years later, they have a milkshake. All the pleasure sensors in their brain light up because. The patterns in your brain are still there. Even if you have you know, years of you know, kale and <laughs> yep. of other really boring things, there's still a lot of sugar makes me happy. Sugar makes it all go away. Sugar, sugar, sugar. So if you decide on a Friday, it's my anniversary gonna eat whatever I want. And what I want is a bunch of sugary, starchy things that are going to set off all the dopamine receptors, there will be a consequence for the next couple of days. If you can ride it out and know better, more power to you. Most people, it's like the angel and the devil on their shoulders, they just give into it. And that cheat night becomes a cheat weekend. And then they decide on Monday morning, they're going to overcorrect. And it's very hard to get them back in a place of just normalcy. So personally, I don't really go there because it's just easier for me to stay on the path I'm on. I understand people want to feel normal. They want to feel part of the group. They want to not feel like they can't be part of a celebration. But as we go into the summer, what I really want to ask people is, are you celebrating with food versus your life? Because- is it still the Fourth of July if you don't have a piece of that weird jello cake your aunt makes? Huh. Yes, it is still the Fourth of July and you don't even like right. that, cake, right? It's still the Fourth of July because there's fireworks, there's a little parade. Everyone's wearing those little tacky shirts. Everyone <laughs> likes to wear the Fourth of July. It's still the Fourth of July if you don't eat the weird cake. So if we can just really be aware of how often we're celebrating with food, it makes it a lot easier to not eat the weird cake and also to not resent that we aren't eating the weird cake because oftentimes people be like i didn't eat it i didn't eat it see
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well you're partially on point but you need to not be angry about not eating it because if you choose i don't like how i feel after i eat that because it makes my head hurt it makes me want to eat more sugar blah, blah blah that's different than not eating it to prove a point so the, the more we can get away from celebrating our lives with food and lead towards getting our, our joy from people and experiences, the better.
1: Because we got, yeah, talking about holidays, we have Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day. And then we go to Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, uh, Valentine's, Easter, boom, boom, boom. And we, if you live through all those holidays, you know, they're danger zones.
2: Well, I mean, the thing is, too, is let's face it. Every weekend, there's a barbecue.
1: Right.
2: And there's Father's Day in there somewhere. My birthday's in August, in case you want to send me anything. <laughs> and um, and then as soon as Labor Day, first of all, those stinking pumpkin spice lattes come out before Labor Day. Right. In comes football. So there's always something to celebrate with food. And then after Christmas, there's still football.
1: <laughs> right. So there's always something.
2: There's always something. It's just, it's like There's always a stinking sport on. There's
1: right.
2: the food to celebrate with. So we have to get used to that's just how life is for us. In the way some people have really busy social lives and they have to adapt to going to fancy parties all the time. Other people have kids who are on travel teams and they have to adapt to other circumstances. It all depends on your life. And if you're waiting for life to slow down or you're waiting... It's not going to for- happen. Or if you're waiting for them to stop making chunky monkey ice cream, not going to happen. (laughs) The only thing you have control over is how you behave. You get in the car and go, eat chunky monkey ice cream, that's on you. But being aware of, you know, my body doesn't feel right five minutes after the ice cream's done. And knowing, you know, I don't really like how I feel. I feel better. I feel dot, dot, dot. But you're only going to get that if you're aware of the connection. So if you're aware that you feel lethargic after ice cream or you feel kind of a little bit bummed out or whatever it is that's the first step to stopping emotional eating is seeing the connection between food and your feelings.
1: Right yeah you're right. One part of your book you go I want to go into this before we wrap up. I have a couple things but you in the book you give the four basic guidelines Do you mind going, walking through those guidelines a little bit? Just touch base on them?
2: Yeah, sure. One we already went over was the grocery store thing.
1: Right. The grocery store.
2: Know what you're going to eat the night before. Because if we just assume everything's going to be fine, that we're going to have, you know, the magical food fairy, it's going to come home when we're at work and just have stuff. It's not going to happen. Because we're going to come home late, end up eating a box of wheat thins while we're arguing with our husband over what's
1: what's, what's for dinner.
2: So if you can just walk through your day mentally and think, okay, I'm gonna eat this for breakfast. Yeah, you know, I'm at the office, I always order from this place. And for dinner, okay, do I have chicken? Just figure it out the night before. It doesn't have to be interesting. It doesn't have to be creative. It just needs to be decided when you're not starving. So getting rid of those Those decisions that involve us standing in front of the refrigerator, eating the box of wheat thins, the better because 99% of the time, winging it does not work. Same thing goes for when we go to parties. I oftentimes will eat ahead of time because I don't, I mean, no one ever has what we need. (laughs) They just don't. And if they do, it's, it's weird. And also, I'd rather go and feel good and know that like the hors d'oeuvres have been out for three hours and they haven't even turned on the grill and I'm starving And versus I'll just talk to people. So it kind of eliminates the whole need to eat. All right. So, uh, so we have the grocery store, we have planning your food. We have every time you eat, be sure to have protein, fat, a low glycemic carb and fiber. So for example, Let's say in the morning, you're going to have an egg, which is protein and fat, but then you still need to have fiber and a low glycemic carb. You could have avocado, you could have some berries, you could have a lot of things, but the, the key is low glycemic carb. People always think carbs, potatoes, carbs, bread. You still need carbs, absolutely, but there's a huge difference to our body when we have spinach over when we have hash browns so being aware of nutrition is very (laughs) is very important
1: it is important
2: and then with with all of these things just be very aware of not eating more than three times a day because it's so easy to snack constantly and Sometimes I even eat two meals a day because intermittent fasting works really well for me in the summer. I never thought I would, I, I would be able to do it. I thought it was some weird fad. I usually try to, I usually always try to experiment with the fads just so I can speak to them. But I used to eat from like, like I have, <laughs> have my four o'clock diet coke and then I would eat the rest of the evening with my, you know, I'm having dinner while my husband's coming home, eating, 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 eating. I was eating for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> if we can stick to having meal times, and then after we eat lunch, we're done until dinner. If not, it is so easy just to graze all the time, especially if you work from home. I mean, I work from home, and I don't have any food in my office on purpose. But so sticking to so having just defined meal times—you know, having the main four things when you eat the grocery stores—and then eliminating the um, the winging it. Those four things pretty much cover almost everything you're going to encounter with food because I wanted to keep it simple. I don't like tons of rules. And I also don't like things you can't implement without spending tons of money because I'd read all those books written by celebrities where they wanted you to spend a fortune. I'm not asking you to spend a fortune. It's so go to a regular store.
1: Right, right. I
2: also, I also I have, I've also been able to stick to this traveling. I've also been able to stick to this going to very fancy places, and also I to this going to amusement parks with my kids. So if you're willing to have an open mind, you can definitely stick to eating properly, but just be aware. It might be boring, but you will live.
1: <laughs> yes, you will. And it, it's not that boring, really. I don't, you know...
2: But one of the things that I hear a lot that makes me crazy is I don't want to deprive myself. So, and I always say... So you'd rather have cheesecake than feel your best because that's not depriving yourself. Right. You'd rather have cheesecake than you not come up with some sort of a disease. Like I don't understand. People don't think of all these little decisions. They add up over time. Exactly. And even if you're in your thirties or forties, you don't realize that, you know, lifetime of having too much sugar can be as detrimental to your health as a lifetime of being overweight. So, Let's just lay off of those foods and get more towards a healthy way of living.
1: There was an article I was reading the other day about millennials going uh, mill, to millennials are going to be the unhealthiest generation.
2: That's depressing,
1: isn't it? <laughs> but they're they're saying that their unhealthiness will start at like age twenty eight.
2: No, I believe it. I have a millennial brother who just says Alexa, order my huge, and Domino's will come. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least you and I had to get up and dial dial for Domino's. Yeah,
1: well, look at that. Oh. What was that? Starbucks had that unicorn drink.
2: The unicorn frappuccino. Yes, oh. I know. Nasty.
1: That was a chemical <laughs> shit bomb.
2: Yeah, but you know what? Like people were buying it. Yeah. No, thank you.
1: <laughs> Before we close out, I want to talk about because there are a lot of sweeteners like agave, honey, stevia. But those are also triggers. Totally. For more sugar.
2: Yep. People people don't like it, but I'm not a big fan of swaps. Like, for instance, I took grandma's apple crisp recipe, and I swapped out sugar, and I added agave, and instead of using whole wheat flour, I added almond flour. That's better, right? Like, well, first of all, it's going to taste nothing like what your grandmother made. Second of all, it's kind of missing the point why don't you go find a new way to cook apples (laughs) okay so i think so i feel a lot oftentimes people people love workarounds right love them i remember eating entire boxes of snack walls because they were fat free well i wasn't very fat free at the time but all those sweeteners your body doesn't your body might react better to agave than simple syrup because it's Got a little fiber. It's not as processed. You might feel better about it because it came from Whole Foods. <laughs> I don't know. Right. But it's still going to jack your blood sugar. You're still going to be craving more sugar and you're still going to have the crash. That's just how it is. I
1: was having a talk with my niece a couple a couple years back about fruits. And she goes, well, that's a different kind of sugar. It still triggers your brain.
2: It's, it's close enough. I mean, it. It is it, it is a different type of sugar than say like you know table sugar the white because the white stuff is so ready to be consumed you know it's broken down your body you get that buzz right away versus you know an orange right but at the end of day your blood sugar is still spiked so it'd be better if you ate less fruit and if you did eat fruit you ate it in the morning and you ate it with the, you ate it as part of a meal and on and on and on. So don't be afraid of fruit, just understand it enough and figure out how, when you're going to eat it. Okay.
1: All right, before we close out, what would be one takeaway for you to leave the listeners with?
2: I would recommend that everyone really be aware of how often they're celebrating with food this summer and just have a little awareness of would I still be having fun if I wasn't eating the cake or drinking the tea? Because building that awareness up over time does make a huge difference. And I'm not saying you can't have the whatever. I'm not doing that at all. But the more aware we become, the less likely we are to just numb out during the event. So just Ask yourself: Would I still be having fun if I didn't have the cake or the beer or this, the the froze or whatever it is? And odds are you still would be having fun. You just think you need it. A lot of these things are just lies we tell ourselves, right? Or or, or everyone else tells us, like you got to have the blah 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 blah. If it's if it's the if it's Christmas, it's so Christmas if you don't have Grandma's cheese ball. It's still Christmas. But we're so we're so convinced that you know celebrating and food are one and the same, when actually they're not. So just think about that.
1: Okay, one question I ask all my guests, and it has nothing to do with food or diets or our bodies. Well, it does have something to do with our bodies because. But what is one album or artist that you would listen to if you had twenty minutes to an hour to chill?
2: Well, I taught spin for 12 years. Okay. Much more musically inclined than the average person. I kick butt when it comes to name that tune. So (laughs) I would probably say Fleetwood Mac Rumors.
1: Oh, nice.
2: And also knowing the backstory that they were hating each other and (laughs) just fighting kind of makes it more interesting. I'd probably say that just because it's raining outside right now.
1: Okay. All right. You got big plans for the summer?
2: Um, my kids are going to sleepaway camp. So
1: maybe
2: like a regular person for a couple weeks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining me. And I appreciate you coming on my show.
2: Of course. Thanks for having me.
1: And where can people find you? One, That's another question.
2: Uh, I am at Aaron Wathin Wellness,
1: just like it sounds. Okay. Aaron Wathin Wellness. And I'll put that in the show notes.
0: Thank you.